This is super relevant right now. Something I can't believe we haven't chatted about yet. We are both teaching online. You're listening to the Drum Ed Podcast. Approaches, tips, and more for teachers, students, players, and enthusiasts. Here are your hosts, Joe Mangus and Mark Powers. I know I'm using Zoom. What are you using? Uh, I'm using mostly FaceTime, and I'm using Zoom with one student, and I'm using Skype with one. Cool. I'm about the same, but with Zoom as the, the preferred use. I think I have two or three FaceTime students. Otherwise, just about everybody's okay. Zoom. I did have a Skype or two, but they eventually moved over to Zoom as well. I just want to say, teaching the pandemic era is just something that I didn't think we were going to be talking about. No, man, not at all. I mean, we we decided to start this podcast before any of this came about. Yeah. And now it's something like, oh my gosh, how how can we not talk about this right now? It's crazy. Like, Teaching, teaching with two drum sets or one or none. Oh. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. No <laughs> drum sets in the room together. So there are definitely some challenges to teaching online, especially something like drum set for a variety of reasons. I, mm. I think there are also some advantages. For me, the number one advantage is the fact that during a break, a cancellation, a student who messages that they're going to be late, in five seconds, I can be upstairs petting the dog hanging with the wife, having a snack in the kitchen. Uh, Aside from that, not a lot of positives for me. It's extremely difficult uh, and it does really force you to be creative in my experience. What, What have you thought about it so far? You know, I'm, I think I'm known, like my friends and family know me for loving everything that I'm doing when I'm doing it all the time. I have loved it. Cool. If I'm listening to a song, it's like a lot of times my favorite song. I think I would go back, obviously, but I have liked it because of the pace change. And I just like that it has brought a different pace for my students and it has forced me to be outside of the box a little bit. But the formats, I don't know. I have to say, I think it's working for me. That's cool. At least for the time being, it's like you go to a different country and you're like, man, I could I could live here. And it's like you haven't been there for six months, so you don't (laughs) really live there. I wouldn't say that I hate it necessarily or that that's actually the only positive because as you're talking, I realize there are some others, but if there's anything I do like about it, it's just the challenge of it for the most part. It does make me think outside the normal box I've thought in. Yeah. Another thing that I've really enjoyed is for the first time with a good majority of my students, I've gotten to experience exactly what their setup is, what it looks like, what it sounds like. I've gotten to talk about tuning in a different way with a lot of students. Um, So it it has brought up some interesting things, just ergonomics. You you work with a student for ages and never really realize at home how (laughs) crazy their drum set is set up. So you go, you know what we're going to do today is you're just going to carry your phone over your kid a little bit. And we're going to just kind of talk about maybe rearranging a few things. Yeah, I know. I love the moment of hearing each student's snare drum uh, the first snare drum hit. Yep. <laughs> uh, but I love, I know I've I've had the exact same experience where it's like, oh my gosh, this is their setup. And I had answered some questions for me. And uh, some of my students I've done, I've done some house calls where I'll do like a, I try to do like a yearly tune-up yeah. um, with them, but uh, it doesn't always happen. So that's, and now with the turnover, I think most of my students, I've never, I had never seen their kit or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Tom's facing each other and 
funny things. So FaceTime versus Zoom. For for me, I feel that FaceTime, and I, I could completely be wrong about this, but I feel that FaceTime uh-huh. is sometimes a little clearer and has a tiny bit less latency in some situations. Zoom, however, I really love because I can have them in a waiting room when the prior student's in there and I just click over. So I'm not scrambling to finish a call before I jump on the next one. And maybe that student is already trying to dial me or something weird like that. And also being able to switch to an external camera. So I have, I have a phone. I'm normally talking to the student with, uh, on the, on the laptop with it next to the kit. And if we're just working on a pad, we just use that. But as soon as I turn to my kit next to me, which I'm just using a little kit with silent stroke heads and the uh, quiet tone symbols Mm -hmm. from Sabian, and I can just share screen and I've got an iPhone up overhead that shows kind of an overhead view of the kit. So within a couple of seconds, so I am, I am sold. So that, that to me is the the best part about zoom because they're actually able to get a little bit of an actual couple of angles and see what I'm playing. Yeah, that's a big advantage. I'm with you. I, I think you're right. FaceTime's clearer. There's less lag. And I think it's for obvious reasons. One thing that Apple is good at because of the software and the hardware, it seems like. And so the first time I used Zoom with somebody, there was too much lag for me. And it could have been my internet. I don't know. But it kind of it, it spooked me a little bit. So I didn't recommend it to any other students. But now I think I'm going to try it again now because I have a little GoPro and a iPad and it would be nice to have not be moving my camera a bunch of times during the lesson. Yeah, you you can use if you have an iPad, iPhone, you can use either AirPlay and just wirelessly mm-hmm. be sharing a screen or you can have a one with a cord plugged in, which is what I do, so it's charging while it's there. And I believe you could also do both. So you could probably have a couple of options. Some people will use one set up kind of like a document camera so that you can have a book that you could be shown, but what I'll do if a snare if a student's working on a, a snare drum solo, or uh, I had a student this week working out of a solo from my drum set solos book, and I'm able to just pull up that page on uh, preview on the Mac, and so the PDF is up there, and I can just share that screen as well. So when you go to share screen option in Zoom, it shows your camera, it shows any windows that you have open. So you could do just a screen share and pull up a YouTube video and show them. Uh, But in my Mm. case, I typically, for some rudiments and some book pages that I have already on the laptop, I just shared my preview and it just pops up that PDF and the student can kind of read along at the same time, which is cool. I, I should say read along at the same time. Big downside to all of these is you're never playing at the exact same time as your student. That's right. Because there's a lag for it's it's even if one of you thinks that you're playing together, the other one will definitely not think that at all. I mean, I always do a warm up play along. I like play alongs. And so I couldn't imagine not doing it. And so I have just been setting it up and then on my side, muting them mm-hmm. and setting up the click on my side and then doing warm ups and having them follow along. And the feedback that I've got has been that it's working for them and that sometimes it drops out. Or like it kind of does the thing where it stops and then catches up. So there'll be these little moments where they're off. But I've gotten the feedback that it's great. I got that because Tommy Igo has been doing those lessons online. And I thought, you know what? If he's doing these like 45-minute play-along lessons where he's just, he's taking you through the the ultimate warm-up or whatever. He's got that really cool warm-up thing. I'm going to try it, you know? It seems to work pretty good. That's cool. 
I don't know for sure because I don't know how much it's dropping out on their end. Right. Yeah. They seem to be playing along and that they say it's great, but I'm not there. So I don't, I just kind of have to trust that it is. And that's a weird thing. Sure. Yeah. There is a little bit of trust. It's typically difficult, if not impossible, with most students to see them, see a face and the entire drum set and all four of their limbs at the same time. Where if you're sitting next to them in the lesson room, you can take a quick peek at whatever you want to look at. If you want to look down at that right foot underneath the snare drum or something, but that's tricky. Sometimes with the audio compression and things, you're trying to discern, is that the left foot hi-hat that I'm hearing there at the same time as that snare drum or not? So you do have to have a little bit of trust. And I've also found with Zoom, especially if they're on a laptop, walking them through getting to audio settings, going to advanced and disabling both of the persistent background noise suppression defaults. Because Mm. I'll, I'll have a couple of students that are only on a pad or on silent stroke heads. And those actually tend to be the hardest to hear because as soon as you they hit their first note and you hear that and they continue playing, the software just thinks that it's background noise and it squashes it. You know what? That's actually, now I'm remembering, I was in a Zoom lesson and I think I just bailed out of it because of yeah, that. You probably couldn't hear anything. They start playing and you're cranking up your volume, trying to figure out. And I found I walked them through just disabling those two suppressed background noise settings that are in the advanced. Audio. Yeah, like in Skype, I think it comes standard with like background blur and the visual where it like blurs out the, which is such a weird feature. Yeah. I guess it works for something that I don't do, but. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's kind of the audio version of that. <laughs> you know, it's funny because. I think it was the first episode when we were talking about two drum sets or one, and this, <laughs> doing the Skype lessons is, a lot of those things have come up because it's a slower pace, it's a different pace, and after doing it for a few weeks, I realized that before we even start the lesson, one thing that needs to be done is making sure that they have all their materials ready to go, because walking around their bedroom to find the book takes more time, you know, if they show up to the lesson, they have all of their materials with them. But so the first thing I've been doing is just checking in to make sure they have their metronome, all the books that we're going to use, that they have their Google Doc that we're working from up on their computer, and that they have a practice pad and that they have the availability to go to their drum set or whatever they're going to be playing. And like doing the play-alongs, you're right. If I'm doing an exercise with them and we're going up the metronome sequentially, or down, I'll have to just, because I can't, I'm not right there with them. I can't pinpoint little, you know, because there's things in the technique that will be, that we'll have to look at at 75 beats per minute that are different than at 110 or even 80. And so if I'm right there with them, I can see it. And so I've had to do the thing where it's like, this is a little bit funky, but I'll be doing a play along and then I'll have to unmute it, check in with them, see how they're doing, and then have them do a performance of it by themselves with their metronome. You know, and at first it was like, oh, I don't have my metronome right here. You know, it's on my computer. I'm on my computer or, (laughs) you know, so getting a lot of those, those things sorted was really important. Yeah. Uh, One thing that has been cool is getting students to control some things like the metronome on their own, which is something that I would typically be handling in the lesson room and kind of choosing the tempo and setting it up and kind of making sure that that was all ready to go and flipping that responsibility to my students a little bit more has been something that has been cool and I've realized is a weakness that didn't expose itself in the lesson studio because I was doing it. And I would say that's one way this has changed what I'm going to do when I am back in the lesson room with students. 
because I'm going to start making them kick off the metronome uh, more often. That's the biggest mark. That's the biggest one. That is exactly it. It was like it spooked me to realize that they weren't really proficiently getting around their metronome like they used it all the time. I was like, exactly, exactly. Oh, no. (laughs) Isn't it funny how like you teach for so long and there can be these little blind spots? Yeah, absolutely. I, I never thought about how, you know, simply pulling up a tempo and pushing play was something that they wouldn't be able to do. Even because when they start lessons, many of my students buy a metronome along with their sticks and their stick bag and their practice pad. So we certainly do go through how to use it. Turn this thing on, use this, you know, use these couple of settings, whatever. But as you and I both know, probably many of them don't actually do it at home on their own. So that kind of disappears and all of a sudden telling them to grab their metronome and pop it on brings up a number of things. Like you said, like maybe they don't even know where it is, which is, (laughs) is revealing for sure. Yeah. That's good though. I, I, it's been nice to watch students. They were a little bit like, Oh my gosh, I got to do the metronome right now. And now we do it and they're just like, yep, got it. And they, it has just sort of like become natural part of the process, which is really great. Yeah. yeah, I've especially seen that with some of my students with electronic drum sets. Them, you know, learning how they can just operate it right there in their machine and it either has the click or the voice speaking uh, the counts to them and having them one, two, three, four, so one, perfectly two, sterile. Sorry. I love it. <laughs> but having them start learning how they can use that. And I, I think, at least with a few of my students, I know it's something that they've definitely begun doing more of now, which is good to see as a teacher. Mm, That's good. For me, it has changed the pace, I guess, because if they have things, if my students have things they're working on drum set, I have had to compartmentalize that into a very specific portion of the lesson where they're giving me a performance of what they worked on and then we're discussing it. And it's less interactive and it's less that we're sort of like working through it together. Sure, yeah. There are definitely a few students that I have that we've switched to them recording some things after the fact a little bit more. thought about doing that last week. I talked to somebody about maybe doing that. How's that working yeah, out? Yeah, for a couple of students, that's great. Uh, I have a couple of students who never seem to get around to it because, you know, who has who has time when you're sitting at home all the time during the pandemic? But <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> I'm so busy all the time. What'd you do? Well, you know, a lot of video games. It's, it's just like pre-pandemic. It's the same, the same story. But no, it really does work well for a couple of students. And it's been a great opportunity to open up this conversation about prepping stuff to upload online. And hey, maybe starting your own YouTube channel so you can share some drum covers or something like that. So it's been really cool. And then I've also done more recording little snippets of things for students so that they can access after the fact as well. And I've had to do that also. And it came up that that was just what was going to have to be done because the connection wasn't good enough. Okay, I'm just going to have to like make you a couple videos. And then in doing that, I made them a shared folder on Google Drive. And all of a sudden I had a shared folder with them on Google Drive that I didn't have before. And I was like, why do I have this with all my professional clients and I'm not doing this with my students? Right. Duh. Yeah, you know, (laughs) I mean, I have a doc that I'm using with them. Like, I could have just, you know, this is so, yeah. I, and it, it only happened once, but it came up last week. And I was like, this is great. And maybe not better. Sure. Right. Exactly. You know, <clears throat> I don't you, know. you and I have spoken in the past about mymusicstaff.com. And that I've started using in different ways because of this. Because it's always been used for my billing and scheduling. But 
And now more than ever, I really use the online resources section on a regular basis. I've for P- for materials like books and materials and PDFs. Yeah, I've I've always occasionally use it as a resource because a, a uh-huh. student already has access to it. So I'm like, why don't I just throw this PDF up there or this little play along or something like that? But now what I do is my my process during the live lessons because I normally am writing in their manuscript paper notebook or whatever they have. So now I use a little rocket book, which I'm a huge fan of. They're these little erasable notebooks. And so you use a little erasable pen that you... Hold on, let me bring up a Google tab so I can write this down. <laughs> rocket Rocket books. books, they're fantastic. I like the name. I'll buy them just because they're called rocket they're, books. I'm, I'm sold. They're awesome. So I, I write... I'm such an easy sell. <laughs> I, I write. Sorry. I write all their exercises out, or, or not necessarily all their exercises, but at least make notes of what they need to be uh, touching base on. Sometimes I am literally writing notation out, and I'm doing the cheesy holding it up to the camera of the laptop so that they can read the exercise for a while, because obviously I'm not there to have a manuscript paper right in front of their face. But I spend the lesson just jotting little notes. And then at the ends of the evening's lessons or when I have a break at some point. Whoa, 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 whoa. You use this thing? Rocketbook, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Sorry to interrupt, but I saw this and I wanted to get it so bad, hoping that it would work. And I'm really glad that we're talking about it because does it work? I use it all day, every day. Wow. Okay, so you take a note on there and then it just uploads as a PDF to the cloud? Yes, I write the students notes during the lesson and then I use the Rocketbook app at, during a break or at the end of the evening's lessons to just scan the pages and there are little little spots in the bottom where you can x out areas that will automatically lo- upload it to places so you can upload it automatically to a Google folder or I normally have it emailed to myself and then those students files at the end of the evening just get loaded into my musicstaff.com into their into their online resources. I throw them up there, tag them, and they get an email notifying them that there's something waiting for them. And I'll throw up my videos that I put for them as well there. So, and then then the rocket book gets erased uh, before the next day and I just use the same pages day after day. It's great. Amazing. That is super cool. You know, I have a, did you ever, I don't, this is a while. I feel like this was like early, not early internet, but early-ish pre-Drumeo internet, uh, Drum Ninja. Mm, don't think I'm familiar. <laughs> it was it, this guy, and he transcribed just tons of popular drum songs, like tons of drum transcriptions, and then just offered this almost like massive real book of drum transcriptions. Nice. And they're not perfect, but they're good, and they're simple to give to my students to be like, go pick a song off this folder of, you know, drum music that's, you know, to get ideas of songs to learn, and then they immediately have the transcription. Yeah, I, I really love it, it because is. if you... if if I'm shooting a, a video example for a student, there's a good chance I'm going to use that with other students later on down the road. So once right. I upload it to my music staff in that online resources section, the student that I immediately tagged gets the email that they've got it. But the next day, I might go over that same thing with another student. And I don't have to re-record that thing. I just go on there and I tag that additional student and they get an email that it's waiting for them. It's great. Amazing. Yeah, I love that. I think I just uploaded mine to Google Drive. And my thought was to have a Google Drive that all the students had permissions to. But that could become more hairy as, a, as this, the turnover happens. You know, you have to like, it'd be weird to delete an old student from a shared folder right, right. because they're no longer a student. Yeah. So yeah, that makes, that, 
That sounds cool. Yeah. I, I think I think that uh, no matter what this current situation is making us all be a little bit creative with how we're doing this, and you, you kind of have to embrace the online thing if you're going to continue doing some teaching right now. And mm-hmm. I think that no matter where we're at right now, it's going to keep changing depending on what the situation looks like in another couple of weeks or another couple of months. Everything we're talking about right now might be different and might have evolved and we might have different resources. And I know for, from anybody listening, it'd be awesome to hear what everybody else is doing, things they like, don't like, because if I run across some other good ideas, I'm certainly going to snag them up. And Yeah, even, even, even just technical setups, like what is your setup? Because I feel like most people just sort of grasped at straws and set up what they could as soon as they could. I was at Revival Drum Shop and Ryan Moore was there. And he has a full setup with like multi-camera and a um, condenser mic and mics all over. And he's kind of got this crazy cool setup. And I was like, wow. You know, I'm not even at a kit, <laughs> but I think a lot of people are going to have different setups and it's just kind of like, you know, it's not one of those things where there's like a standard. I'm pretty much just on a practice pad with my computer. I'm mostly working from a pad with students and I've been working on technique and hands a lot, which is feels like the nineties. Yeah, but that's just really kind cool. of a great place to spend more time. Yeah. But it's true. It's like when this whole thing first started, if you're like, okay, we're just doing this. Okay, here's a temporary. We're going to do a few lessons. And then you kind of, as time goes on, it's like it has sort of morphed into a more long-term thing where you're, okay, now we're teaching through FaceTime. This is how we're doing lessons for who knows how long. Absolutely. Yeah, I think more than ever, it's like, let's get some feedback, people. Yeah, send us some ideas. Tell us what you're doing. (laughs) Tell us what uh, seems to work for you. If you have cool resources, email it to us at drumedpodcast at gmail.com and keep keep the teaching going no matter how you're doing it out there. Yeah. Thanks a ton for listening. We will be doing a lot more of these and covering a lot of topics, so please feel free to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Leave a review, which helps a lot more people discover the show. If you have specific topics that you would like us to cover, please email us at drumedpodcast at gmail.com. And if you found anything to be of value in here, please share this with any and all drummers you know. 